And we're back again for round, ep three. Round three. Just coming off a pod with the girls. If you, um, you know, have the ability to listen to two podcasts from Elite 11, go check out Not Our Business. We'll be on ep two um, and, you know, talk about talking about how, you know, relationships and working with your partner and the benefits and, and potential drawbacks of, of, of doing that. So we love you girls. And uh, now it's time to get to ep three. Into the real podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're no. going to be happy with that. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah. But um, topic today, health and business. Health and business. And how the two, you know, coexist with each other. I'd say there's, I don't know the heading yet, but something along those lines and, you know, our views on health and, you know, yeah, our, well, our learnings, our journeys, gen- yeah. our, our perspective. Generally you just want to be healthy and that can affect your, you know, state of mind. That can affect you, um, your ability to, to work smarter, work harder as well because you can put in a bigger body of Agreed. work if you're you're at the right sort of optimal level um, of self. I think we can start the app by just going on a little bit of a backstory journey about where we've come from, where we are now, and then we can go into, you know, our anecdotal um, evidence for what we think about, you know, optimizing yourself and optimizing yourself to, mm. to perform better in business. So, I mean, I know you want to talk about um, the past. So I, I guess we'll just, you go first and then- well, historically, I've been, my family's been quite a, you know, sporty family. I've played soccer my whole life. I got into a lot of, you know, different sports, tennis, swimming, um, cricket for a little bit with yourself and other friends. Uh, and for me, it's just something that's kind of been, in, you know, ingraining me. I just enjoy being out and about and I've played soccer at a pretty good level and I continue to continue to do so. So for me, the thing that I've just always had is that, that, that feeling of team sport and competition, which, uh, we both thoroughly enjoy. So that was, that's kind of like my background on more or less sports and, and health. And then when you tie in food and, you know, well-being, that's just sort of, you know, ever ending journey on, on trying new things and obviously trying to find what works for the individual and, I've tried so many different things in the past to try to see what what I enjoy and stuff, and and yeah, I feel like there's there's things that I picked up on the, along the way, but yeah. the, more or less that's kind of a, a brief little background. Yeah, I feel like from from an outsider's perspective, I would say that you're just like uh, you are a scholar of business. You are also a scholar of health and wellness, and you're constantly learning and, and educating yourself on, on ways you can constantly improve. I mean, from my perspective, um, if I look, you know, at myself and my history um, at school and, you know, just outside of school, I was, I was playing hockey again at a pretty high level. So I was training, you know, almost every day, um, not, tra- not playing anymore, but uh, I'm still, you know, going to the gym and stuff like that. And, and, and I guess uh, the second thing is that we, I guess, um, went to the gym since, you know, probably uh, when we were 18, we signed up for a gym mm. together and we were going and that sort of started our, I would, I would call that our wellness journey. Um, at the start, we probably didn't think it was wellness. It was more about putting on size, know, putting on size. Looking good. But now I, I think personally it's evolved to just feeling good rather than just looking good. Uh, so I, I really want to, you know, unpack that and, and dive deep into um, what it takes to be optimal 
not what it takes to look good. I don't think it's about looking good because looking good is a byproduct of feeling good exactly. in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I guess for you, if we start with, um, you know, what do you think uh, contributes mostly to, to um, being optimal on a day-in, day-out basis, like a habitual mm. optimization optimization I, strategy so i'm gonna i'm gonna try peel that one back a little bit further with like kind of my underlying belief and foundation on health as a whole because we are so embedded in business and our work and relationships and wealth and and all that sort of thing at the end of the day i always think that those things are completely nothing if you are not healthy mm. if you get sick if you're injured the first thing your mind automatically draws to, no matter how much money you've got, no matter, you know, how many people you've got around you is I want to get better. So with that, my thought process is what can I make sure I do to make sure that I'm keep doing all the right things to ensure that I, you know, stay as healthy as possible and give myself the, the biggest likelihood of, you know, staying in a, in a state of, in a good state of mind, and obviously allowing myself to kind of perform uh, optimally. So health is wealth. Health, health is wealth. Health is definitely health, wealth. Health is wealth. That that for me is my underlying principle for it all. Is as long as I'm trying to do, I'm not going to say I'm perfect because everyone, you know, we 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 love, you know, the occasional nice, you know, succulent Chinese meal. <laughs> as a, nah, just more we, than occasional. We, for yeah, me. we can we can pig out and stuff, but I think uh, more or less. It's just making sure that we're doing those, like you said, the right habits, which we can get into more detail, but that is the the baseline. The baseline for me. I agree with um, that. And then that kind of then springboards all the uh, perpetual learning we, we try to do and trying to enhance the body. It's trial and error because there's some things that I've done that are just completely stupid, but I wouldn't have realized that until, you know, actually trying to do it. Um, and I think also when I look back, I feel like when I'm older, in my 60s and my 70s, uh, especially being at our age right now in our 20s, for me it's going to be I, I do not want to look back at this age and, th- and think regret- regretfully about what I could have done yep. and what you could have put your body towards and, and pushed yourself and, and being able to – like we're only going to be in our 20s once. We know we're at our peaks. Like I'm not saying that we can't prolong our peak for a long period of time. All I'm saying is we know that we are in our prime. Why wouldn't you want to try to take this opportunity to prime yourself as much as you possibly can? And then if you just think like that, then you're obviously going to push yourself to, to do more and to try to be better and to try, you know, be a better partner and all those sort of things because right now is, is you're never going to get it again. So that's my underlying thought. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I, I also agree that there's it's a multifaceted approach to yep. life in general. And the one common denominator is optimizing every single part of your life, whether that be, as you just touched on, your relationship, your health, um, your friendships, your family, and also your business, which is, you know, what this podcast is all about. Um, for me, if I just go on like a little bit of a tangent here, I mean, throughout COVID especially, habits and forming the right habits are probably the baseline for me mm-hmm. because habits evolve over time and then you can build on top of a good habit. 
Um, and, and then that can then springboard you to becoming a better person. I think personally for me over, over the COVID period, I lost a few of my good health, healthy and, you know, um, gym habits, obviously everything was closed and, um, the motivation wasn't there and we were so busy with business that I sort of neglected Mm -hmm. to a certain extent, my, um, my being physically. Uh, and, and I know that a lot of people also go through this roller coaster of, uh, for one week being so committed to something and thinking that you're progressing and then one week feeling so low. And I remember us when we were all so younger, sometimes we would be, you know, thinking that, oh, wow, I'm, I'm feeling really good. The next time we would go to the gym together, we'd be like, oh, well, we're feeling shit. Yeah. And, and that is just the roller coaster of life and, and it is what it is. I think the variance between feeling really good and feeling really bad can be minimized by creating the best habits possible, um, which we are obviously about to, you know, list. Yep. Um, creating good habits. I'm just going to touch on this one more thing. Um, I, I listened to it in a podcast uh, and I want to just bring this up. Uh, a Huberman podcast. So I'll just plug, plug that if you want to listen to Huberman. it. This is obviously, I'm not a scientist, so I'm just, you know, quoting. But uh, it's to do with the relationship between dopamine and adrenaline. I mean, when you build a good habit, uh, you get a dopamine rush when you complete the action. Example, going to the gym, uh, completing a task in your business, stuff like that. That then gets transformed chemically to adrenaline, which makes you want to do that Mm -hmm. more often. And that's how you create a habit. And the more frequently you do it, the more covalent, I feel personally the habit becomes and then it becomes second nature and a part of your life to where you actually don't think it's a task. It's just a part of your actual being. Yeah. And that is what you really want to create uh, when it comes to optimizing yourself. Correct. You want to create those habits that are so ingrained within you. And this is really hard. And I've, I've lost some of those habits and, you know, worked on bringing them back. So I mm-hmm. know that it, uh, life is a roller coaster, but the goal is to create small steps towards making those habits yep. be a part of your a part of your existence, I guess. Exactly. And I feel like I, I can look at you across the table right now and I feel like one of your um, really good strengths is is sticking to those um, uh, those tasks that you do, even if you know you don't want to do them. And you've I feel, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've created those habits and you're so ingrained with with a lot of them that you don't really think about them. You just do them and you know that it's a part of being better and being um, optimized personally. And, you know, I, I look at you and I, I admire that about you. So yeah, no, I think you've got a lot to offer to this um, this conversation. No, nah, thank you. I think, again, it comes down to all, every, all the habits that you're talking about. Like there is no correct habit. I mean, I'm sure science will probably tell you there. So there are, I don't have any stats in front of me that there are certain things you can do uh, to optimize your performance. But I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to being consistent with it. So, you know, whether your thing is waking up really early or, you know, waking up a little bit later or, you know, having a cold plunge before you start your day, whatever it may be, as long as you stick with it for a prolonged period of time, when I mean prolonged period of time. Routine it. Exactly. I don't mean like a couple of weeks, two, three months. I mean like stick with this thing for six to nine months and see and like try to take notice of how much more you are getting done or how much better you feel throughout the day or when you do not do it, do you feel like there's a slight variance between that? Because at the end of the day, all right, let's just imagine you want to try to get eight hours sleep. You, If you do not get eight hours sleep, does that now for me mean, fuck, I can't, I can't optimize. Like I'm not, I'm not going to perform today. 
Personally, I think no, because if you start presetting yourself like, okay, well, you know, I haven't slept my eight hours today. I've only got six and I feel a little bit groggy. It, it doesn't really give you uh, like what you haven't failed. What I believe is like, you don't want to allow that to give the excuse to not perform today. Yes. You know, you've had a shit sleep or, you know, you don't feel completely on today, but at the end of the day, in my mind, like no one really gives a shit. Like no one cares if you've only slept four hours or five hours or, you know, freaking if, or like, I don't know. You're expected the, to perform you're expe- like, exactly. as your natural self. Exactly. At the end so of the day. like um, it's just kind of being able to still show up no matter what you've tried. Again, yeah. you're trying to put everything set in stone so you don't have to, you know, have those bad days. Your, your better days are more than your bad days and you're slowly compounding, you know, upward fashion. 100%. So, one hundred percent, and it's a, it's a, it's an own, it's creating your own double checking mechanism for how you feel, yeah. And then again, trialing uh, trial and error on on different sort of uh, ways to you know create a routine. And I think routine is is what you just pointed out before, and yeah. I think that's one of the most important things because everyone has a different life, and everyone has different working times and and different times that they have to you know perform different tasks. I think creating that routine and having that. It's not even a structure. It's just knowing that this is what I need to do to optimize myself and feel good yeah. uh, and double checking uh, uh, periodically to make sure that you're still on the right track, on the right path. Yep. That is, I think, what's, you know, most important to um, feeling good and therefore, you know, performing at your best and showing up every day. And again, some days you're going to show up, you're going to feel like it's like shit. That's internal. That's an internal battle that, you know, you can fight. I feel like from an outsider's perspective, it's never going to seem as bad as you feel if you didn't get sleep, for example. Exactly. You can still, you know, do your task. Are you completely optimal when you're doing those tasks? Who knows? Um, because, you you know, you can't really double check once it's over in hindsight. Yeah. But um, I think it's super important. Um, that's a super important, you know, almost – uh, again, I don't want to say it again, but baseline to, yep. to making sure that I, you're optimal. I read this quote, I might, I might butcher it, but it goes, uh, it goes, life is not about um, waiting for the storm to pass, but learning how to dance in the rain. And that's exactly that. Like yep. if you're going to wait for the storm to pass, you know, chances might, you know, go past you. So that, that uh, when I heard that, I was like, mm, I, I really resonate with that. So um, what I, what I, what I'll say, have realized for me, if I am doing some form of working out, whether it be gym, running, soccer, and apply myself 100% to that and push myself, I'm more likelihood to carry those that application to every other area of my life. So perfect example during COVID would be, you know, there's actually no, there, there was, the soccer had finished, but there was no, other way but there was no reason for me to continue running or something just for the sake of doing it just to keep myself healthy and also allow myself to then continue to perform at work it it was the mindset of doing that and when I did it just feels like when shit does hit the fan at work you've kind of already pushed your body you pushed your mind it's more pushing your mind Mm. like I've already Gave, gave myself a non-negotiable this morning. Like I was going to get up and do my thing. So like, there's no reason why I can't give myself a non-negotiable and do the work that needs to be de- uh, uh, needed at, at work. Agreed. Um, and like when you wake up in the morning, so we, we both go to the gym in the morning um, and when you're half asleep and you've just woken up, 
and you're like, fuck, I don't know if, and you have that double, you have that second thought in your mind about whether or not I go, that's a win. Yeah. That's a dopamine hit when you then go to the gym, do your workout, you're on your way back and you're sort of like a little bit excited for the day because you've got your win out yeah. and it's, the sun isn't even up. The sun isn't even up and you've got to win. So that then compounds into potential throughout the day to get more wins because you've got that adrenaline to then attack the day front on and create and 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 speak to people in a way that's almost coming in it from a positive yep. perspective. Everything comes in from, you know, a level of, you know, excitement Mm. When you've when you've got that small win at the start of the day, uh, personally, anyway. I mean, I never used to go to the gym in the morning. Uh, I started going to the gym in the morning about nine months ago, and um, oh no, oh, it would be about twelve months ago. Yeah, so it, I, I feel like it personally completely changed the way mm. I operated throughout the day. I, I was way more alert in the morning. The body of work that I would be able to um, put out throughout the day went up in general. Mm-hmm. Um, the afternoon crush isn't even there anymore for me. These are all completely anecdotal evidence, uh, at, um, experiences. Uh, experiences that, you know, happen to me personally and might not happen to everyone else. But that small win at the yep. start of the day gives me such a good springboard to do great things throughout the day. Yep. Um, and I feel like it's super important to find that sort of uh, thing that gives you um, the springboard personally. It might be, you know, meditation, stretching yep. and it could be anything honestly yep. um but getting that small win at the start of the day is, is ultra important in yep. my opinion i feel like every person will have like that inner demon in them like that like you know how yeah. the thing we got the heaven on one shoulder yeah. the so like there's that person that little like the the mini paz Devil's that's there, the devil like you know you wake up early and you're Don't like do it paz you you you've woken up it's still dark outside and he's like brother just stay in bed for another <laughs> stay in bed for another half an hour yeah. like it everyone will go through that and like it's almost a fight to try and you know suppress that 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 side of you 100% uh, effect on you you know because obviously like you said before, it's almost trying to take the thought out of it. Like there's no negotiations here. I was like, I'm just fucking doing it because you will then try to carry on. Hopefully carry that. The way I see it is if you can, do, if you win that, first, like you said before, if you take that win, you will then slap like slowly, you know, compound all those wins. You're uh, building blocks. You're building blocks. You're actually building blocks and it, it, it actually works in every single area in life, every single area of your day. Uh, and it works. You're always, you know, making these little small choices with yourself, um, and little small battles. You know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, but the the the, over- the overarching theme is to continue to, you know, if whatever reason is you, you wake up and fuck, I, I can't do it today. Like I just don't think that, like I don't have it in me. Okay, fair enough. That's okay. You move on. Like, yeah. You, you genuinely move on. Like exactly all right, right, well I didn't do it today. But am I am I you know am I not perfect for it? But look, well. No, I don't think anyone's perfect. You're just human. So it's just going to happen. Um, I just believe if you, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. Yeah. Becomes it becomes a part of you and it gives you the best chance of success on a daily basis. Correct. And optimizing oneself, which is um, the key. Well, one of the keys to building a business in general. Yeah. Optimizing, it gives you that sense of belief, it makes you feel like you can do it. Correct. Um, and then it just compounds into all facets of life, yep. as you said, relationships, uh, pretty much everything. Um, I guess, like, did you did you want to touch on anything specific? Yeah. So, like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, like something was just coming up to the, uh, 
my mind, like when I look at business and then I look at things that have shaped my outlook on business, I would probably credit a lot of it to team sport. And oh. I played soccer my whole life. I was thinking and this at we, the start of the we, pod. We've actually spoken about this before in the yeah. past and I thought it would be stupid not to touch on it today, that I think when you grow up playing in a team environment and learning what it's like to, you know, to one, build social skills with other people, learn that everyone's different, everyone's there for the overarching same thing, which is obviously to win and to try build a, a, a long-lasting team that can, you know, perform well together. When you surround yourself with that, that sort of environment from a young age and hopefully if you get the possibility, the, the chance to do it at a higher level, obviously then the stakes get higher, um, the competition is harder, the you have to perform better. So everything, I believe, everything that I've gone through in sport and in soccer, is you can almost translate that directly to, um, to business 100%. because you're doing the exact same thing. You're trying to build yourself. You're getting people to believe in a vision of yours. You are trying to show up every day. You're doing the work. Uh, you know, you're trying to get wins. You're trying to grow. There is not one parallel between the two that I can't find. Yeah. And and uh, I'm, I'm just thankful that uh, it was such a big part of my life when I was younger and you were the same. You, you played a very high, very high level hockey and um, – yeah, we've spoken about this plenty, plenty of times. Yeah, yeah, and 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 not only business as a whole, leadership in general. Like, if yep. we specifically look at leadership and what it takes to um, lead people, there is no uh, more striking parallel between being a part of a team and doing what's right for the team and leading the team, whether that be through action or just general culture exactly right. uh, and people being around you. And then doing exactly the same thing in business. Leadership comes down to your ability to connect yep. uh, and get other people to sort of potentially, well, not potentially, but believe in your vision. Um, and that's what leadership's all about because if everyone's believing in the same vision, everyone feels like they're a part of a, a movement of some extent and, th and that gives everyone value and m most importantly, happiness, exactly. uh, happiness in life. So team sport, if if you're a dad out there, couldn't recommend it more highly. I mean, and then and then the competitiveness of team sport, especially when it got to high levels of of rep teams and stuff like that. That's when it really, you know, got even more striking. Purely based on the fact that it was a competition yep. for you to get into a team, yep. for example. So you were competing, but also being a part of a team. So it was a weird dynamic yep. of like you're trying to make a team or break into a break into the senior team. But you also need to do all the team things, yep. and and you were just there was like a dichotomy of like I want to show how valuable I am, yep. but I also want to do what's right for the team and what's right for the club, and it's just it's such an interesting dynamic that can translate so well to business. Yeah, that that's actually when you mentioned that I was actually going to ask you this question when you mentioned it, when you get to like a rep team or we're trying to take the parallel there. Do you think like as the because obviously if you're in a rep team you're like at the end of the day, in it for yourself because you want to, you know, try get a professional contract. Like, does that, in your opinion, like in my opinion, having that sort of environment will neglect, in some way, like you wanting to work as a team because you're kind of more intrinsically motivated to do what's best for yourself. Yeah. Whereas, 
the best teams that I've ever worked with and which is what we, I, I believe we're trying to do here at E is to build trust. And to build trust, you kind of have to allow some sort of vulnerability. And in those big rep teams, I believe that's not happening. Yeah. So like, again, it's very hard to kind of, you know, to, to play that experiment because I mean, I, to try to find those experiments in business is probably like yeah almost impossible. But what do you think? Uh, like, I mean, in, in, in its purest form, trialing for a rep team is completely all about you because you want to make it, yeah. is, which is what you just said. From my own experience, I think doing – when I was trialing for all um, the rep teams that I was trialing for, I noticed, and this is only anecdotal once again, but I noticed that I trialed better when I was trialing up and alongside people that I'd already played with. Mm. Um, because then there was almost that connection yeah. and team environment, yeah. which made us all play better. Yeah. So it, it was almost like forging, you know, little allegiances. Because if you were by yourself at a rep team and you wanted to show how good you were, but no one else sort of knew how good you were, I, I feel like you would almost push too hard to prove yourself and that would actually be detriment to your own uh, success and it would be harder for you. Because if you think about it logically, what would what would a scout – potentially want to look for in in someone when they're looking at, you know, a professional environment where it's very competitive. I mean, they would probably be wanting to look at all those, um, the ability for them to fit into a team, the ability for them to do the one percenters and, and to treat everyone um, with respect and, and, and make sure that they're not selfish. Yeah. But it, it's hard to do that when no one actually has that level of trust around you. Yeah. So that's just something that, you know, it's just come to my head now. I always felt more comfortable trialing with people that I already knew and that I'd potentially played with and that would make us all trial better and then we would sort of make the rep team together yeah. almost. And that just shows and puts a spotlight about how important it is to be honest to uh, and, and to build that level of trust yeah. and that bond where you can actually work together as a team and move forward because that's your best chance of success. If there's like a fracturing in the team or if someone wants to – take all the credit or if someone wants to um, be more value than someone else, there's potential for detriment to a business, to a sport team, and then everything can fall to absolute shit yep. in my opinion. So, yeah. No, the parallel's there then. Like, the parallel is the, there. The, par- <laughs> the parallel is there. Just like if I'm a coach of a rep team, I'm trying to find obviously, you know, uh, unique, hardworking, talented individuals that at the end of the day – can work together with others. They need to be able to. They need to be able to work as a team. If they can't, then like it's almost like I would just not pick him. And I think that that is the same concept we have as owners, as business owners. Like someone can be tremendously talented and an incredible worker and do some seriously good job. But at the end of the day, if they can't actually work as a team and make others feel good about themselves, and or they're trying to take all the credit then I just believe we wouldn't hire them. Like exactly they, they right. wouldn't be a part of the business. So the same thing applies like in team sport, which is why um, the same principle applies there. Like for you to be a good team, you know, like in soccer, for example, you could have a good player, but you need to be able to freaking have the chemistry with your other teammates. So uh, at the end of the day, that's what it really comes down to. And also being able to, learn how to win and how to lose, you know, win like a gentleman and also lose like a gentleman. It is something that you you get taught from a very young age. And 
you, it's, it's, I think that's just more or less a life lesson um, about team sport. So, yeah, well, if you unpack that, it's about having a level of consistency in the way you think and approach a situation. I yep. mean, whether you win, lose, or draw, it's remaining stoic and constant. Okay. Like I'm obviously emotionally happy when I win. I'm emotionally – and there's the, the 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 loss aversion bias where like you're always feeling even worse when you lose and you're than when you win to the same degree. But I mean keeping as close to the – to the level uh, of 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 you know status um, and and flow as possible, and not letting yourself get too worked up about wins and losses is something you know you can draw um, uh, complete parallels again from team sport to to businesses again because it, it only should drive you further to yeah. make more wins, uh, and you shouldn't get caught up on the win in the present because then you can potentially get complacent and then you won't win the next battle. Yep. It's just, it's yep. a constant revolution. Exactly. <laughs> always happening, always searching for progression is, is I guess the key. Yep. And I, everything. I, I always thought growing up that you needed that from team sports, but I think as I've kind of gotten more worldly and I've, you know, I've delved into the sports of tennis and golf and, um, you know, formula one and all those sort of things that for you to, Perform Agreed. at your best. Agreed. You need. You still need a team around you. So you still need to build. It's. It's still all about trying to, um, you know, optimize everyone in a circle and build that circle. So then you can can you know again you need to find people that you trust. So then you can again perform at your ap- absolute best. Uh, so I think the premise of what we're trying to say is. There are so many parallels and oh, with team sport and sport in general and business. And we have seen it ourselves countless times. And which is one of the main reasons why I continue to play soccer right now, because my thought exercise now is, well, what am I learning in business that I can also carry along in my soccer team and vice versa? What am I, what, what's happening uh, while I'm playing that, that I can kind of see parallels in with, with what we do here. So uh, it's a almost like an ex- thought experiment to me, which is kind of being played out right now as we speak on this podcast. So completely, completely <laughs> agree. We've gone on a massive tangent. Yeah. I mean, I've got a question for you in regards to like, okay, so you train three times a week, you play a game uh, once a week, right? As you know, in general, um, how do you think it affects your optimization in terms of clearing your mind and and allowing you to disconnect from potentially uh, the rest of your life yep. uh, to some degree. Yeah. Yep. So I've, I've thought about this before in the past and what it does allow you to do is like we mentioned before that we like I, me thinking about E 24 seven is not a chore. Yeah. Right. But what this allows me to do is switch off from the working within elite 11 and the very like, you know, the one percenters and just look back and try find other inspiration and just think completely different where like my thought process is always how can I use this and utilize what I'm learning right now and what I'm experiencing in um, in business and in Elite 11. But it completely, it allows me to completely, it completely switch off from uh, the days in, the day in and day out. And like there are obviously, and we're the first to admit that there's a lot, 
that, that there's a lot that can happen in a single day. And as it accumulates, you know, sometimes it does feel like your brain's getting overloaded with, with information and all this information. And sometimes having that, you know, that other activity, whether for me it's soccer, other people it can be, you know, running, swimming, whatever it is, it does allow you to just completely get into this state of like thought and flow with a different activity. And that in itself allows, in my opinion, allows me to optimally perform when it comes here because then like there's no, I feel like there's less mugginess in my brain. It's just like, like, all right, I'm here again, let's go. And, you know, I feel refreshed. Uh, to a to an extent, I agree. I, I, I'm I'm drawing a parallel, and and correct me if I'm wrong. With zooming in and zooming out of um, a map, or you know, yeah, a, a picture. So you're zooming out, and then you've basically lost all clarity of the situation from a granular level within Elite Eleven because you've zoomed into whatever other task you're doing. Yeah. When you zoom back out of that task. And then you're about to zoom back into Elite 11. There's a level of, of objectivity there where you're looking at it from a macro perspective exactly. and that allows you to pick the right thought to then attack again rather than being constantly embedded in all of these different thoughts yep. and not being able to zoom out and, and, and take that holistic view to then make, you know, the right choices, hopefully, as you as you move on and progress throughout, you know, throughout the day. Yeah, I think... As a business owner, you always hear like, you know, as the business grows, you need to learn how to, you know, work on the business, not in the business. And as a founder, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to not try involve yourself in all areas of the business because like we mentioned before, you think you can do everything the best. So this kind of allows, it kind of already gets you in this pattern and, and this this um, process of, getting into that mindset. Like I just, I'm not thinking about what's in the business. I'm just trying to think about like, well, the general picture. And like you said, just scope of real, real zoomed out uh, approach. So more or less it's a positive. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, when you, when you first start a business, obviously everything needs to be granular and you need to be doing the tasks and you need to be focusing on the day to day. When you, it's, it's, it's very hard when you're at that level to zoom out and focus on the vision and the mm-hmm. long-term growth of the brand. I mean, it's easier now because we actually can disconnect ourselves potentially uh, more and more every day from the actual operations to allow us to scheme and think about the bigger picture and where we want to position ourselves and where we want to position the brand moving forward. That's all well and good. But I think there's still benefit in, you know, having that activity that allows you to disconnect even when you're just starting out and you have to do both. And it might even be more important than where we are now yep. because you need to be able to separate the little shitty, weedy tasks mm-hmm. that you might not you know, want to do because it might require conflict or chasing up someone or you know, hard, something hard that you, know, might be, you might be putting off. And you need to separate that from you know, the overall uh, objective zoomed out vision of the brand because that's ideally what you want to be constantly moving towards yep. uh, and you can get completely put off track by, yep. you know, other smaller tasks. Yep. I have seen this happen a lot and, again, it's very subjective but the common thing you hear as you get older and you finish school and then you go into university and then obviously, you know, try to find a job and stuff is a lot of people will then 
say, well, you know, now that you've got your job, you know, you're going to have to stop, let's just say, for example, playing hockey or playing footy or you might have to stop doing that that other thing that that kind of is probably not a priority right now because, you know, you, you've got a lot of hours that you've got to do um, with your work. And, yes, I agree, obviously, you know, you've got to prioritise things that um, that are probably going to yield the best outcomes and, and the best results for you um, in the long run. However, if you're jeopardizing, you know, working out or trying to move your body and keeping it active and only solely going 100 and, you know, 50% in, in this, or even in saying that, like, I still believe if someone says to you, oh, yeah, you know, you don't, you probably should stop kicking a ball around because um, you need to focus on your studies. I would love to hear someone that out of a 16-hour day cannot find an hour or two to, you know, get the body moving in a way that will If you really want to. If you really want to. Like, yeah, all right, well, but then let's just say, well, you know, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice that that area so then I can just kind of sit around and just watch some TV and just chill out. Then in my opinion, again, it might not be the, the, the correct opinion. In my opinion is like you're probably, you know, not going to allow yourself to optimize because I feel like you need to move the body, keep the mind stimulated. And it's, you know, I don't have to rave on about health benefits of, you know, moving. So. Exactly right. I mean, uh, I, I completely, when you look at it from the other perspective, some people are like have barely any time, whether they work two jobs, they have to look after their kids. Um, and they, and they just physically cannot, find the time potentially to actually, you know, move in a way that's, for example, playing a team sport like yeah. soccer. I, I feel like in if you're in that situation, my first thought would to be try and incorporate mm-hmm. moving into another part of your life, whether that be, okay, you have a kid and a dog and the kid wants to play and you have a dog, you go to the park and you're running around with the kid and dog. Yeah. For example, you're still moving. It's not like you're going and training and doing a professional sport, but you're still being able to disconnect, get the heart rate up, et cetera, et cetera, and actually, um, you know, feel those health benefits. I mean, it, it doesn't have to come from a specific type of regimen and structure. It can come from all different types of, you know, activity. It just It's genuinely just activity um, at the end of the day. So, I mean, it can be difficult to find the time, but if you do manage to find the time, again, it gives you a greater chance. And this is what we're saying and this is what we're going to keep repeating. It gives you the best chance to optimize yourself to be your best version of yourself. And that's, and that's a fact. If you don't have the time, unfortunately, like you, you you really need to try and find the time um, to work on yourself because I've done the, the, um, you know, few months where, you know, I I was finding it and I, and I would say to myself, I don't have time. I've got, business, uni, whatever. Um, and I don't have time to, you know, work on myself and go for a run, for example. And I've been on the other side where I'm, I've got such a regimented training schedule and I've built that routine and it's ingrained within me and I know the difference. Yep. And I will pick every single time the routine where I'm working on myself and getting that small win in the morning over not going, but then having more time to rest or do more work at elite 11, almost the, 
the efficiency obviously went down when mm-hmm. personally, this is all personal and anecdotal, but my efficiency went down when I wasn't training. So my overall output was probably lower, even though I was probably working more. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's just what we think. Uh, it's our opinion. And I agree with yeah. that though. Like I, I do feel like my output is higher when I'm trying to push my body and push my mind and yeah, I did. I am optimal. Yeah. So well, we tried it and we're, yeah. we're striving to be optimal yeah. for as long as possible. I mean, we could, you know, delve in deeper. I feel like we've, we've well, covered, you know. No, we've, we've covered a fair general. bit. Again, like we, today we've, because there's so many different aspects to this because obviously there's, you know, obviously physical movement. Then there's obviously mental well-being, uh, which we haven't really covered much uh, in detail today, but. There's, and then obviously there's the social aspect of which we kind of kind of covered with um, with the team sports stuff that all kind of go hand in hand when when it comes to health and business. Just trying to um, like how 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 do they coexist? And yeah. for me, if you're going to get into the mental side of things, I heard I don't know if anyone knows who knows who Naval Ravikant says, and the the big buzzword nowadays is meditation. But one thing that I remember hearing a couple of years ago that made it so simple for me because you can sometimes see that people try, you know, complicated and, you know, there are apps you can do and all that kind of stuff. For me, it was almost like try, sit there and think of nothing. And thoughts that come to you are completely fine because they're obviously always going to be there. Your job is to continue to sift through them like their emails and sift through these thoughts and allow them to be there, get them like in, absorb them, and hopefully be able to pass that on, pass that on. And then like he says, you want to try to get to that point of, you know, email zero. You've, you've completed your inbox. Um, Everyone wants that dopamine hit of having zero email, like that little yeah, icon where there's yeah. nothing left. Yeah, You've completed it. It's, yeah. it's a task that, you know, you don't have to have any more thoughts to. So it's an unbelievable analogy. Yeah, and I... I it works really well for me. Uh, it makes me feel really clear. You know, like I do feel a, a, an overwhelming sense of clarity um, when I've allowed myself to do that versus when sometimes you're going go, go, go so much that sometimes it can, you know, I would say cloud my mind. Uh, so I'm, I'm a big believer of that. Again, it's a, it's it's another form of disconnecting, would you say? Yeah. Um Pretty which much, allows yeah. you to get that zoom in, zoom out function <laughs> that we were, we were talking about. Yeah. I, I mean, you could apply it to so many different things. Team sport is what we're talking about is just finding whatever works for you, yep. trial and error, and then one day you'll find that magic source and, and I guess once you've found it, it's about building a routine around it and then constantly double-checking the variance uh, and making sure that you're as close to your optimal or what you think is your optimal self yep. as possible. I mean, um, we can keep talking or we, I reckon we can just wrap it up there. And Yeah, I, I reckon that's good. We've gone for about 45 yeah. minutes. We've um, covered some good points. I feel like we should just, you know, try to see how the listeners yeah, I, yeah. enjoy this, whether they, they want to hear more of it. Because at the end of the day, we always yep. said when we began the podcast was, well, we're still not 100% sure exactly what, Listeners will want to listen to, so we'll try to put the feelers out and see how this how this goes. Yeah, if I, I guess feedback and and if there's anything that we want 
we can actually do research and spend time on yep. specific, you know, topics if you want us to, you know, provide our opinion on sort of certain stuff. So this this feedback is super important. We, we thank you for, if you've got this far into the pod, thank you for listening and um, I guess we'll see you in the next one.